we are continuing on in our series about becoming healthier people. Because remember I said, God's saying this could be the best year ever, but we need to become healthier people, have healthier homes, healthier churches, and a healthier community. So we're on healthier people right now, and we are going to talk today about becoming healthier spiritually. Okay? We are made in God's image, and remember, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're made in His image, and we are body, soul, and spirit. The soul is kind of the mind and emotions, the body is the physical, and then we have a spiritual being. Maybe you have a spirit. No, you are a spirit. You're a spirit in a body, and you have a mind and emotions, okay? That's a cool thing to think about, because that's also why that each and every one of us will live eternally. We're going to live eternally somewhere in a spirit body, either in heaven if we've accepted Christ, or in a really hot place if we haven't. It's called hell. We're in church, I can say that word. People get offended sometimes when you do that, but I'm just going to give you the truth. Okay? So, today we're going to talk about getting healthy spiritually. How do we do that? Now, we knew physically, well, you can work out to get healthy. We talked a little bit uh, last week about mental, and I just used the word uh, healthy mentally, but that could be emotions and mind, that part. Today, talking about spiritual. The first thing you need to do to be healthy spiritually is get free. If there is any kind of spiritual bondage in your life, the first thing you need to do to be healthier is get free from it. But let's look at a bit of scripture and I'll go into that more. Matthew 8, 16. It says, That evening many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command and he healed all the sick. I want you to know that Jesus spent time seeing people set free. Now, we're going to talk about some of the different ideas of this, but I got some other areas to grow in spiritually, so we're not going to focus only on this tonight. But oftentimes, people in the world and ourselves as well, before we came to Christ, and maybe even after we served Christ, we've gotten connected with something wrong, and there's some spiritual oppression. But regardless, if there's any kind of bondage in your life, in a spiritual sense, it's you need to be free. Just a picture. If you're chained to something and you can't get away from it, it doesn't matter who you are, you need to get free from that. Okay? Whether it's oppression, possession, outside influence, it doesn't matter. We're not going to get theological on you. Just plain and simple, if something has a hold of you and you don't like it and you've tried to you know, be free from it, then you need to be free spiritually. Can I say that? Can you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to say this as well. Many times scientifically, we can see that there's issues in the physical realm. Doctors will tell you. Also, there's usually a spiritual side to it. But I'll go into that a little more in just a minute. John 8 and verse 31 to 36. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I'm going to read a little bit more in just a minute, but hang on there. 
Jesus is talking to people who already believed in him here. Did you guys hear that? Okay. And he says, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And then in verse 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and we have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? So they understood he was talking about the opposite of bondage, being held and not able to get away. Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And you can look at these words a little more. It's talking about habitual sin. Not you made a mistake, but you continue in a sin and you can't get out. You're in bondage to it. You're a slave to it. And the slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Yeah, that's a great place to clap because when somebody needs freedom... Being free indeed is awesome. I don't know if you've ever met, or maybe you've experienced it yourself, being completely set free from something. It is amazing. I like to picture, when I read verses like this, I like to picture something I've maybe seen, even if it was a movie, you know, somebody was trapped. Anybody ever seen the World War II movies? Somebody gets taken to a prisoner of war camp. And they're trying to dig out by digging a tunnel to get free. It takes days, weeks, months. They're digging whatever they can find. I remember watching one and they were digging, digging, and they came up on the wrong side of the fence. You're like, oh, freedom was that close. Real life stories. They dig, they got out, they went running, and they didn't make it to the bush before they were shot. Freedom! That close. And then there's the story of the ones who did get set free. True stories. I've met people who were in Germany when there was the wall. And their families had to get out. And they had to run. And they were able to run through gunfire and escape and not get caught. Freedom! People willing to risk their lives to experience freedom because the control on their life was more than they could bear. They'd rather die than stay in bondage. Well, guess what? Jesus paid the price for real, true freedom. And he said, if you get to know me, because he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He was saying, the truth will set you free. He was saying, I will set you free. Now, none of you here are trapped by a wall of wire and guards with gunfire. But some of you may be imprisoned to some type of bondage. Whether it be anger, maybe fear controls your, your life, maybe depression controls your life. Those are bondages that you need to be free from. And yes, they have a physical side as well that doctors can see, but there's also a spiritual side. And God wants you free. You see, Jesus set many people free. And one of the stories that comes to my mind when we talk about freedom was a woman who had been bound for 18 years. And it said that she was bent over and couldn't rise up. Now today... 
doctors would most definitely say that that was a severe case of spinal arthritis. And they wouldn't be wrong. But Jesus also knew that there was this spiritual side to that sickness, and he called it a spirit of infirmity. He saw in the spirit and knew there is a spirit of sickness on this woman, even though we do know it was also could have been called arthritis. And doctors could have showed you the cells and the problems. And again, they would be right. I'm saying this for a reason because sometimes we try to make everything so physical that we forget the spiritual. And yes, there's both. But if you only try to deal with the spiritual in the physical, you will never come to a conclusion because the spiritual matter must be dealt with in the spirit. Do you know that some people live their life under a curse? Sometimes it's a generational curse. Somebody put a curse on their grandfather and cursed them that it would go down the line. And they can't figure out why they struggle continually. Nothing ever works. Why they can't keep a job. It can be simple things like that and people only look at the physical. Don't forget to look at the spiritual. Did you know that if you have someone in the past generations who's been divorced, there's much more likeliness that they'll be divorced following, and it seems to compound as you go down. Well, isn't that just natural? There's a spiritual side as well. I'm bringing some stuff out here today for a reason. We need to be healthy spiritually, and unless we're willing to admit that, we won't do anything about it. If we say it's all physical, oh, you're just, ah, no, we don't believe that, you'll never deal with it. So right now, I'm kind of giving you some stuff to say, hey, there's a problem possibly. I want your eyes to be open in the Spirit. Jesus, when he was speaking to John in Revelation, he said, we need to pray that, and he would start it out, he says, him that has ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, let him here. In other words, your ears have to be open to hear things in the Spirit. In another place, we read this, that God is a Spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. If we take out the spiritual part of this, we are going to have dead religion and people in bondage for their lives. There is a spiritual side, and we can deal with it. See, this woman who had been bowed over for 18 years, Jesus saw her and he knew it was a spirit of infirmity and he looked at her and he said, Woman, you are loosed from your sickness. And then he laid his hands on her, allowing the anointing upon him to flow through to her and she stood up straight. And wouldn't you know it, some religious people got mad at him because it was the Sabbath. Really, they were just jealous. But Jesus says this to them. He says, what is wrong with you guys? Shouldn't this woman who was bound by Satan for 18 years be loosed on God's day? Yes, she should. But I said that for a reason. Again, we would call it arthritis. He said she was bound by Satan 
for 18 years. Now, am I saying every arthritis must be Satan? No, I'm not. But this one definitely was. You see, there's a spiritual side and we are not going to leave it undone. Today, we are going to say, Lord, make us healthier spiritually, whatever the reason. Now, there can be spiritual unhealth that has nothing to do with uh, spiritual oppression, possession, and whatever you want to call it. So we're going to look at some other spiritual health issues. Now, when we talk about being spiritual healthy, I'm, I'm looking around today. I think pretty well everybody here tonight has already accepted Christ. But if someone were here and had not yet accepted Christ, they need that more than anything. But I'm going to share that with you today because you have friends and family who don't yet know him. And if you just went to them and said, oh, you need to be spiritual healthy, I'm going to pray for you to be free, but they're not yet saved, guaranteed they're just going to walk back into those same things because they don't know any different. Okay? But let me give it to you. Somebody must be born again. John 3, verse 3, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. So those who don't yet know Christ, their spirit needs to be born again. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back in his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. You see, spiritual for us can be hard because, well, you can't see it in the natural. You can't touch it in the natural, but you can most definitely see its effects. And this, in a way, is what Jesus is saying. When the wind blows, you see the tree leaves move. When the wind blows... The leaves come up off the ground. When the wind blows, the snow goes sideways. We see its effect the same in the spiritual. You can see the effects of spiritual things. Now you want to be healthy spiritually? Let me give you number two. So first, make sure you're born again. Number two, once you've been born again, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is one of the uh, greatest ways to have a healthy spirit. In Acts 8 and verse 5, we read this story about Philip. It says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. In other words, they saw the power of the Holy Spirit and everybody came and accepted Christ. I want this, it's real. I, you know, my buddy just got set free. I know it's real. And they came and accepted Christ, just like the 98 people last year. They asked Christ to come in their life, to forgive them and be Lord of their life. But you know what? That's not the end. That's, that's the beginning of a new life. And if they needed to be set free, they would need to be set free from things. But also they need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here today and you've not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. Trust me, you need it. Scripture says that after you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be endued with power. Being filled with the Holy Spirit fills you with the different gifts that come from it. 
We're not doing a whole message on the Holy Spirit tonight, so don't worry. But let me read to you what happens a little further in this chapter, verse 14 and 17. So the whole city basically comes and says, I want Christ. I believe. And it says, now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. You see, you can accept Christ and be saved and there is something else that you can do and it's to be asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right? We know the Holy Spirit plays a part in salvation, but there is a filling that can come when you ask for it. When you fill a cup to overflowing, it spills out. People who are truly filled with the Holy Spirit, that love, that power, that anointing spills out wherever they go. And being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time event. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is something you and I should be having happen often. Because, just like a cup being filled, it can also be drained out. Now, Jesus said, I'm going to come and give you rivers of living water. Living water that will flow out of your belly. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it flows out. And that living water term means a flowing spring. Anybody ever, maybe hunting, you grew up on a farm where there was a spring that flowed. Anybody ever seen that? A couple of you have. So... If you haven't, it's pretty cool because it's not like where you go to a creek and you can't see the start and you can't see the end. It's just there. Spring, typically, animals go to springs because it's fresh water coming up from the ground somewhere, bubbling up and flowing. And it draws nature to it. It draws the animals. It's fresh water. It's good water. It's clean water. And it's renewed. If you're feeling stale in your Christian walk, If you're feeling dry, the spring's not bubbling. You need to ask him to fill you fresh. Let it bubble again. If your Christian walk is just tiring to you, you're like, oh, it needs to bubble again. And you can ask, Lord, refresh me again. Oh, I remember the day I was filled and spoke in tongues. It was awesome, but I can't remember when I last spoke in tongues. I can't remember when I last felt that bubbling feeling tonight ask him to refresh you again and in this story once again the believers who were filled laid hands on people so here tonight as well when we get to that time where we're going to pray maybe you're like i want a refreshing of the holy spirit i want to be filled you can come up and we're going to lay hands as well believing for the filling of the holy spirit all right how else can our spirit be made healthier You got saved, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you got free from some stuff, but also you can grow your spirit with others. Listen to Acts 2.46, they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. 
this right here is why we do life groups. Did you catch that? They're meeting in a larger setting, and then they go to houses with one another. You want your spirit to grow in the Lord? You can't just get saved once and show up once a month at a big church. You won't grow in your spirit. As a matter of fact, I've met people who will say, I've been a Christian for 10 or 15 years, and they're just like a baby Christian still. They've never grown. They went where the music was, what? It's cool, but they've never grown. They didn't get in a Bible study. They didn't get in a small place where they could talk and ask those questions and have to pray for somebody else. And they remained a baby in their faith. God wants you to grow. You can't be a baby Christian forever. Do you remember the scripture where Paul comes to the believers and he says, come on, you guys. You've been believers for a while. Why do I have to go back to feeding you the milk of the word? I got to go back to the basics. He's like, he was in a way saying, it's like, I got to give you the baby bottle again. Come on. You should be teaching others. That's what he said to them. He wants us to grow. The best way to grow, get with others, learn and start teaching others. Because, oh boy, you have to grow if you start teaching others. Did you know that? Because they're going to ask you questions. But I always tell people, don't worry. If you don't know, just be honest and say, I don't know. It's easy. Say, we'll figure it out. God wants to grow your spirit this year like never before. Take steps and let him grow you. Take steps of faith beyond where you've been and you will grow. Maybe you remember when you were a little kid and you were going to go to school. Your first time to school, kindergarten. Maybe you were scared, but you went. You didn't have a choice probably because your mom dropped you off and said bye. But it's a great picture because it might have been a little scary, but you had to grow. And from kindergarten, you had to go to a different class. Well, guess what? God wants you to grow. And if you're not doing anything different than you were doing five years ago, you're not growing. I know, I know, I was picking on the new people first. Now I'm talking to all of us. Because we're all supposed to continue growing. Did you know that? The pastors as well. I need to be growing in my faith. If I'm only preaching the same verse I preached 10 years ago, if, if I haven't grown in my understanding and love for you guys, I need to grow. Each of us needs to grow. Our spirits should be getting stronger. And yes, getting with others is a way to do that. And of course, you can grow your spirit by praying and reading your Bible. You need to have regular prayer time. You need to be getting the Bible in you. Philippians 4 verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus Prayer grows your spirit. Did you know that scripture says God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a strong mind. Worry is a nice word for fear. Worry is fear because it believes that bad things are going to happen for sure. All this is going to happen. That's, that's worry. It's another word for fear. And if you have a lot of that, we want to pray with you tonight. We want that to be taken away so that you can move forward. 
Fear has torment, Scripture says. Fear says, I can't. It won't work. Oh, no. It's going to be, oh. I would, but I can't because. And then fear says, no, you can't either. Fear says, the kids can never go anywhere or do anything. I better stop while I'm still ahead. Fear says, no, well, I, I would take that promotion, but what if I fail? Fear says, I would take that course. I would make that move. I would. Fear has torment, and fear will stop you short. And unfortunately, fear can also stop short everybody that God's put under you. Whether you're a parent, a boss, a manager, fear is not okay. But I found a way. Grow your spirit. Get in prayer. Get in prayer. Take it to him. Take it to him. Be honest with the Lord. He knows you anyways. Don't fake with him. Don't be like, oh, gracious heavenly father, thank you for making me mighty. And No, nah, just, like, <laughs> just be honest. Lord, I am really worried right now. This is not good. I know fear isn't from you, but I am fearful right now. Lord, I'm bringing it to you. Take it from me. I'm worried about my job. I'm worried about whatever it is. Lord, take it from me. Show me what I need to do. Give me the steps to take. I'm leaving it with you so that I can have peace. And he'll give you peace. Matthew 4, verse 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is Jesus in the wilderness being tried or tempted by the devil. He defeated the devil every time by quoting God's word. You want your spirit to become strong? You want to be considered powerful in God's kingdom? Learn the word. It's what Jesus used. It is written. But the verse he quoted is also very powerful. Man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You want to truly live? What is he saying from this? And what is he saying by his Holy Spirit to you? By the way, the two will always line up, just in case you're wondering on that. Holy Spirit won't tell you to do something contrary to what God has already spoken. Did you know that? That's a good way to know if you're hearing from the Spirit. All right? If the, you're like, I think the Holy Spirit is telling me to rob an ATM machine. I got to get off this topic. But anyways, you can know that is not the Holy Spirit because we know that his word clearly says, you shall not steal. Don't covet what everybody else is. You can't take what they have. If you're like in prayer about your job and you're like, I know, I just feel I'm supposed to lie about this so that I sound better and smarter. Well, you can know that's not the Holy Spirit. That's your fear talking. Because he says, don't lie. Right? All right. Those are pretty simple. Let's keep going. Finally, you really want your spirit to grow? Serve and obey him. Oh, my goodness. Obedience will grow you like nothing else. Because obedience makes you do things sometimes that you don't want to. The old flesh doesn't want to. Matthew 7, 24, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus, 
and does them, I'll liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Oh, you guys, we can't just hear it. We have to hear it and do it. You can't just be a good hearer. You can't just clap at church for everything you hear and then go out and be like, what did he say? I don't know, but it felt good at the moment. (laughs) No, 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 hear it and plan to do it. Jesus said, if you do, you'll be like a wise man who built his house on a rock and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on a rock. You want to be strong in spirit that nothing can shake you, nothing can break you, nothing can make you fall back? Then you need to hear what he said and do it. If you're refusing to do what Jesus said, you will fall back. Well, how do you know that? Because he continued on right here and he showed us why. You're like, well, no, I've, I've like lied before and cheated and stuff and everything's good. I'm fine. You get enough of that in your foundation, friend, when the rain comes, when the trouble comes, when it seems like everybody's against you, you're going to break and run at a heartbeat. The people who stand through trial are people who have committed to him long before the trial ever showed up. Think about that. Think about that. Jesus said, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them will be like a foolish man who built a house on the sand. They both built houses. Great. They both looked good. But one didn't have a foundation. And he said, when the rain descended and the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, it fell. And great was the fall of it. I'm going to say this right now to everyone here in this place. I don't want to see anybody crash and burn. I don't want to see anybody fall away and disappear. Let me say this to you. A mistake, doing something wrong, is not a reason to run and give up on God. When that happens, you ask Him to forgive you, you be right back in this church. You be right there at your life group. But you know, sometimes people, because they've not been obedient, they continue on in their own sin. When the fall comes, it's huge. So let me tell you right now, I don't want to see the devil corrupt your foundation so that when things get hard for you, you're crashing and burning. Nobody here will crash and burn. That's my declaration. Because I've seen it once or twice, and it's not funny. I've seen the guy who used to be a preacher, but now he's working at some low job without a wife, without a family, because he crashed and burned. And his heart broken and his, his eyes heavy. And I'm asking him, are you going to ever preach again? And in his mind, he thinks God failed him. God didn't fail him. God didn't fail him. You see, God's word told him, you love your wife, you cherish your wife like Christ loved the church. You can't live secretly and trash your wife and hit your wife and expect that everything's going to keep going good. you got a foundation of disobedience that crashes coming. You can't play in sin and expect that everything's going to continue greatly. God wants you free. 